This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, October 16th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Board ignored grower concerns on lighting regs. ARB takes research pitches. And Pelosi not quite there on USMCA. Safety Board ignored growers' concerns over proposed lighting regulations. A new regulatory proposal would require growers to supply more lighting when operating at night. The Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board has also determined measurements for exactly how much lighting an employer should maintain for worker safety while avoiding a blinding glare that could also lead to accidents. A labor group representing farm workers pitched the regulation to the board in 2014, saying that headlamps and lighting from harvesters wasn't enough. In an April hearing on the proposal, the California Association of Wine Grape Growers, or CAWG, called the regulation vague and inarticulate, saying it would require a vineyard to be lit up like a football field. The Poultry Federation argued it would agitate birds and lead to injuries. California Farm Bureau said workers riding on a harvester was a one-time incident that was illegal. It was also concerned over the cost for the rechargeable lights the board recommends. Diesel generators for lights, however, require permits, and the types the state allows are expensive. The groups call the board's estimated costs grossly underestimated. The board then released its proposed modifications last week. CAWG now argues the board ignored its concerns and made the regulation even worse. The group is urging growers to send their concerns to the board before the comet window closes on October 18th. Monitoring drones could be state's next air quality research. The Air Resources Board hosted a roundtable discussion last week to solicit research ideas from industry, agency staff, academics, and environmental and social justice advocates. The feedback will help guide the regulatory agency's research goals for next year. Dairies, already one of the most heavily regulated sectors for air quality, may see new technologies for monitoring methane emissions. This could mean adding more planes and satellites to the fleet or even deploying drones. With pesticides, one group wanted to reduce exposure of farm workers to pesticides, heat, and diesel emissions. That, according to Alvaro Preciado, a council member for the city of Avidal. This could be by improving technologies to measure pesticide drift and add better notification systems for nearby residents. The group also suggested research into the toxicity of chemical mixtures and cocktails. Another group also pushed for electrifying farm equipment. ARB will also use the feedback to update its triennial strategic research plan next year. EPA. Not enough evidence to say Paraquat causes Parkinson's. There isn't enough evidence to conclude Paraquat causes Parkinson's disease, the Environmental Protection Agency said at a health effects assessment released yesterday. For occupational exposures, there is limited but insufficient epidemiologic evidence of a clear associative or casual relationship, EPA said, and the Human Health Effects document. The agency's draft ecological risk assessment identifies potential risks to mammals, birds, adult honeybees, terrestrial plants, and algae. EPA based its conclusion on Parkinson's, quote, on mixed findings in both the agricultural health study cohort and other study populations. 
These studies may all be subject to uncertainty due to limitations in their design, exposure assessment approach, and potential for bias. The Center for Biological Diversity swiftly criticized the Parkinson's conclusion, saying EPA's analysis discounted considerable evidence that Paraquat has been shown to more than double the risk of developing Parkinson's disease in farm workers and others suffering occupational exposure, the group said. The assessments carry a 60-day comment period and are part of EPA's registration review of the widely used herbicide. Pelosi Still not ready to support USMCA. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said last night she still does not have enough assurances from the Trump administration that it will be able to enforce the labor and environmental provisions that Mexico agreed to under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. All through the break and continuing this week, we've been working on the USMCA, and we hope to be on a path to yes, she said. We're still waiting for assurances about enforceability because you can have all the good provisions in the world, but if you can't enforce them, you're just having a conversation. Biotech Group awaits details of China deal. Biotech companies and the farmers who use their seed could be among the biggest winners from a tentative trade deal with China, assuming the agreement gets finalized the way the industry hopes. No details were released on exactly what China agreed to, but the U.S. has been pushing China for years to speed up its approval process for ag biotech traits. The basic problem is that China doesn't start its review until other countries have finished theirs. China's regulatory system is broken, and the delays are costing U.S. farmers and the economy billions of dollars. So just fixing this issue would be a tremendous win, according to Andrew Cotter of the Biotechnology Innovation Organization. For more on what the China deal could mean for U.S. agriculture, check out AgriPulse weekly newsletter. It's hitting inboxes this morning. World Food Day puts focus on nutrition. It's World Food Day, a time set aside to focus on the importance of adequate nutrition and the importance of farmers here and around the world. On Capitol Hill, House Democrats are expected to grill a senior USDA official about the Trump administration's trio of proposals to shrink the size and cost of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Brandon Lips, USDA's Deputy Undersecretary for Food, Nutrition, and Consumer Services, is scheduled to be the lone witness before the House Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee. One subcommittee member especially worth watching today, Connecticut Democrat Rosa DeLauro a fierce critic of USDA who has already announced she wants to secede retiring appropriations chairwoman Nita Lowy. Elsewhere, the World Food Prize Symposium gets started today in Des Moines. Several reports are being released in conjunction with it. The 2019 Global Agricultural Productivity Report says farm productivity needs to rise by 1.73% a year to meet future demand. Productivity is currently growing by 1.63%. A second report makes the case for how U.S. consumers benefit from the $1.4 billion in foreign agriculture aid provided by USDA, USAID, and other agencies. Among the U.S. benefits, USAID prevents the spread of disease and toxins and reduces international migration. American consumers also get access to tropical foods and off-season fruits and vegetables produced in developing countries. Here's today's He Said It. First stop with first partner is the Central Kitchen. CDFA Secretary Karen Ross tweeting about 
Touring a School Farm with California First Partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom to promote the agency's Farm to School program. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, October 16th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.